I suppose it was inevitable that Thomas would become the patron saint of doubt. He made it clear that he would not believe unless he had tangible proof. I absolutely love the paintings of an ancient artist named Caravaggio. I don't know if you are familiar with his works, but he addressed this subject in one of his paintings, the resurrected Jesus and Thomas meeting for the first time. You remember that Jesus had spoken to Thomas and said, put your hands here. This is what you need. Put your hands here and your hand in my side and believe. And so Caravaggio caught the moment at which Thomas took our Lord up on the suggestion. In the painting, Jesus is offering his ribcage And Thomas is sticking his finger right into the wound that had been made with the spear. In fact, so much so that you can see that his finger has slid under the skin and he is testing the elasticity of the skin as if to say, is this real? And of course, you know that the better way that we might know Thomas is not as doubter, but as confessor, for he steps back and looks upon his Lord, and he simply says, my Lord and my God. Church tradition tells us that Thomas did not stick around long, but he went to share the news of his found discovery. Initially, he made his way over to that geographical area between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, what is now modern-day Iraq. It was a place that had not heard of such God's working in the world. And Thomas felt drawn to go there and to share. And from there, he went into what was the ancient land of Persia, which if you're checking a map later, is actually Iran today. And then he moved on to the coast where he set sail for his ultimate destination to go and to share with India this message. He landed on the west coast of India and made his way all the way across that country to that eastern city, now known as Chennai. And in 72, the year 72, he was thrust through with a spear and killed. When the Portuguese settlers came to those same shores in the 17th century, they were absolutely shocked. Their mission was to bring Christ to the world. And they found that Christ had preceded them there. 
There were communities of Christians spreading all across India. Fascinating that Thomas planted the seed for that ministry. So, seeing is believing, right? I mean, Thomas is evidence of that. Seeing is believing. He saw the risen Lord. He went off to share the story. Is that the point? No, that's not the point. At least not from John's telling of Jesus' words. If that had been the point... John might also have included a quote from Jesus, sort of like, you know, that sheet that was over me in the tomb. You know, the one that I laid over in the corner. Hold on to that, because that is proof of my resurrection. But Jesus never said anything like that, did he? And of course, there are all kinds of suspicions around the Shroud of Turin. One thing I can guarantee you that the Shroud of Turin is not and will never be, and that is proof of the resurrection. You can look at it all you want to and examine it scientifically or theologically, however you want to look at it, but it will never be proof of Christ's resurrection. What Jesus did say was this, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now that's a blessing on the likes of us who are not among the eyewitnesses of Jesus' resurrection. And we need his blessings, don't we? Now, last Sunday was a high moment. I mean, who can miss it, you know? We all saw the resurrection. The pews were filled. The preachers were on fire. I mean, come on. Easter was alive and Jesus along with it, you know. It was a story to celebrate. But here we are on the second week of Easter. And I need help with that. Do you need help with that? I need the blessings of Jesus to remind me, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe you and I are not eyewitnesses but we also are not ones who hang on the words seeing is believing because we believe even though we have not seen I enjoy hearing about the beginnings of Pittman Park Church Particularly, David Thompson has been sharing a synopsis of the history in connection with our starting point class, which is for those who are seeking affiliation with Pittman Park and perhaps membership. And David has shared some fascinating little stories in his vignettes about this church. 
Um, did you know that we sit upon donated property? It's wonderful to celebrate this. This land was deeded over to us by those who kept the vision for the ones who were going to charter this church on this spot. I love to look at that photo that hangs generally in the hallway, the entranceway to this part of the sanctuary. It is not there today because we have our Easter celebration, our visual that's just outside that door. But it will be back in its place soon. And in that photo, it has Lawrence Houston with a shovel in hand and that first shovel of dirt is being turned on this property. I love thinking about his having been involved with that. I also love looking at Zach Henderson standing in the wings of that photo. I love looking at little Brad Brady. I've never thought of Brad Brady as being little. I, I never have. But seeing little Brad Brady, this young fellow who is to become an outstanding minister in our conference and even district superintendent, he is, is such a capable individual in so many ways. But to see him there at that groundbreaking as a child, I was standing there looking at the photo one day and a precious member of this congregation grabbed my elbow and she pointed her finger at a young lady that was there and she said, that's me, I'd have you know. <laughs> and I celebrated with her that she was there at the very beginning. What glory, what glory it was. Some of us still remember firsthand, not many of us, but a few of us still remember firsthand as eyewitnesses to that groundbreaking. Time will come when there are no more charter members. You know that, don't you? That is sobering, not just for the charter members, but it is sobering for all of us. Time will come when there are no more charter members alive to tell this story. What then? What then? I tell you what then. That's where we will continue to share the vision that has been shared with us. And this is the way of Pittman Park from its inception anyway, isn't it? Because how many of you have I heard say, I wasn't there as a charter member, but I came shortly after that, and you've taken ownership in what's going on here. And some of you have only been here half the distance of the history of the church, and yet your life is so connected, and you are so dedicated to making all of this what it should be. And some are here even more recently connecting with those who faithfully have served over the course of the history of the church, 
connecting even just in recent months, in recent years, to be a part of what you are already beginning to see as the vision that Christ has for this congregation. And you're celebrating. You're celebrating things like Main Street and the renovations that made that possible. And in the grand history of the church, who knows whether that will bear a significant byline. But we know that it is an important way in which we pour out our hearts to care for those young families who are connecting with us by Christ's blessing now. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This kind of belief is truly understanding what Jesus is referring to, and that is putting faith into action. Why? Jesus stood there and gave them this pre-Pentecostal sharing of the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he gave them instructions right away, and that wasn't just those that were gathered, but he said, remember that those that you forgive will be forgiven, and those sins that you retain will be retained. That's serious business, friends. Was that just for the disciples? No. This is the work of Christian community, to forgive each other, and even to forgive those who have not requested it yet to welcome in to our midst those who are not sure what Christ is up to in their lives. The world needs us to share the mystery, not the dogma. I was reading through some church research recently that was published by the Barner Group. Some of you are familiar with that. Barner Group does research all the time, but particularly they were asking why young people leave the church these days. Have you noticed that that happens? Somebody shake their head or say something here. I mean, I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. I know this is the second Sunday after Easter, but I'm trying hard, friends. Help me here. Barner Group says that there really are six reasons. I won't go through all of those. You can look this up if you want to, but one of the ones that really caught my attention was that the young Christians that disconnect, at least a good number of them do so because they feel that the church is not a place that allows them to express doubt. Now, that's their talking. That's not my talking. That's what they say. Not a place that allows them to express doubt. Doubt, And I think to myself, 
How sad because our very call in Christ is not to embrace all of those who seemingly have it all together, but to embrace those who have doubt and who have pain and who have fear and who have confusion. In fact, think about Thomas for just a minute. After Jesus' first appearance, he was hanging around as one that had complete doubt. In fact, he said he would not believe. He would not believe. And he hung around those other disciples, and they didn't say, you can be gone now. He hung around them for an entire week before Jesus showed again. It's incredible how we get so mixed up with the idea that church is for those who figured it all out. Church isn't that. Church is for those who are living into the mystery. And even with our doubts, we share the life of Christ with the world that is so deeply in need. We cradle others' disbelief because we have been cradled in our own disbelief by Christ himself. Resurrection people like us don't have it all worked out, but we look to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to make us useful in sharing this holy mystery. And lo and behold, (laughs) lo and behold, Jesus keeps showing up again and again and again. Doesn't he? Again and again. May he show up for you. And may he show up through you for others.